0: this is forum i'm john michaels public affairs radio director uh now after some politics uh, we're going to talk well let it go to the dogs i guess tom gunlicks tom people remember you uh gosh what was it 50 years ago maybe uh shannon ordeal <laughs> village uh night city disco uh, what were the others
1: well i didn't do shannon village i just okay. was a customer there i started off at night city and then I did a, my nickname Gunners for a while, and then I uh, bought and opened after five, and uh, then I helped with Opie's and several places out of town, but those are the ones I did in town.
0: Yeah, Opie's, we did the very first karaoke in Sioux Falls before anybody knew what it was. Uh, exactly. That's, that's been how long ago?
1: Uh, that's been 32 years ago. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, actually, you've been in the dog business, I should say, for how long now?
1: Oh, the dog business uh, started managing our resort in 2000, and I've been a dog behaviorist now for 18
0: years. So, what's the name of your your company?
1: Precious Pets, and we have one in town that's grooming and daycare, and then the one out in the country where I do my training, and also we do boarding there.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, anybody out there that wants to, uh, uh, it's it's hard to find a place you can get a pet uh, appointment for grooming uh you you know sometimes you have to it's two or three days a week away that uh, in some places a couple weeks before you can get in
1: and it it is with us now too it's just Mm -hmm. uh sioux falls is growing so quickly that grooming boarding daycare is very difficult to get in so make sure they call call well before they need the appointment
0: well, Tom, COVID, you know, we're looking at it, you know, kind of like maybe we can kind of forget about it a little bit, but uh, we forget that it not only affected everybody in the community, but it affected the dogs too.
1: Yes, um, it, it's been really bad the last little over two years now. People were home for a long, some, some people a year and a half, and kids were home for a while, and all of a sudden they disappeared again, and dogs can't reason. They're very intuitive, and they pick up on our feelings, so COVID affected human beings greatly and then it affected their dogs because the dogs picked up on it. But they couldn't reason through why the people were home and couldn't reason through why they were feeling the way they were feeling. So it caused quite a few behavioral issues. A lot of the training the last two years I've done have been as a result of dogs reacting to, to these dynamics and they just can't get through it. They just can't understand it. And then I show people how they make the dog understand it's okay, things will be fine, we're in control. Uh, Most people don't, don't. they use their heart instead of their head, and they don't show the dog that they're the definitive leader. And if you don't show the dog you're the leader, then 90% of all dogs don't want to be in charge, any breed, any size, but 100% will try if you don't show them the way. And it's got to be done in a natural way. I, I don't believe in shock collars. I don't believe in choke chains. I don't believe in prong collars. All those things work for the wrong reasons. And then the dog might become reactive to it. I don't even believe in, uh, definitely don't believe in hitting dogs, and I don't even believe in yelling at dogs. When you yell at a dog, you're doing two things. Number one, you're giving them attention for the very thing you don't want them to do. And they may stop for the moment because of the tone of your voice, but then 10 minutes later, an hour later, the next day, the next week, they continue it. What we want to do is get rid of it on a permanent basis. You can't have your dogs running out in the road. You can't have your dogs barking at strange things. You're in control, not the dog. The second thing you do when you yell at a dog is often you yell at them for barking at that UPS truck or the mailman or a kid on a bike, and uh, they'll quit for the moment, but then you've planted a seed in their head that those things are a threat. So why do mailmen and, and UPS drivers and Amazon drivers and kids on bikes get bitten? Because we've told them they're a threat, so you've just got to change your day-to-day routine. You don't need you don't need to be negative with the dog. You need to be more positive, but show them what it is they can and can't do in a natural way they understand and more importantly respect.
0: Tom, you're uh, uh, I guess you know you've been with dogs for a long time, but uh, do you have a dog yourself?
1: Three of them. I've got a German Shepherd that was born on our property, and then we've got two rescue dogs. We we lost a couple dogs three years ago. And so we took in a couple rescue dogs. Uh, we no longer breed dogs. My wife and daughter have gotten into the horse world, so we no longer breed dogs of any breed, but that's why we did the rescue thing. So, And they live out here on at our boarding kennel with us on 11 acres, and they're never on leash. They do not go out on the highway. I taught them you'd lose that war. We have stencil and gravel right over the river, and they come flying by uh, loaded with stuff, and they would lose that war. So they don't go on the highway. I taught them they can't. They don't bark at the bicyclists that'll soon be coming by if and when the weather gets nice or here and the wind stops. And uh, they don't bark at my clients. I can't have my dogs barking at the clients. And they don't because I taught them they can't do it. And they're never on leash out here. If I call them, they come to me. I don't even have to go outside with them because they know they can't go to the road. They know they can't run over and, and bother the clients getting out of the car. It's us teaching and showing the dogs what they can and can't do. And again, all in a natural way, they understand and respect.
0: I swear that my dog uh, would do everything she thought I wanted her to do. She tried to be such a good dog so I wouldn't leave. And then when I had to leave, I think she just got frustrated and, and uh, disappointed.
1: Well, dogs are pack and territorial creatures. And whenever those dynamics change, whether a baby is born or a second dog is brought in or if we're at home and we leave, they can't reason through it. And we have to show them we're the definitive alpha leader and then alphas can go and do whatever they want whenever they want they can eat whatever they want whenever they want and the whole process is to show the dog where they fit into the pack uh, you don't ever let your dog rank above children uh, we have a definitive order if you have multiple dogs so that they know who's the top dog but you have to be the leader the owners have to be the leaders of the dog um, when we leave, when my wife and I leave, we're empty nesters now. But when we leave, uh, the dogs are real good because they understand that we're the leaders and we can go and do what we want when we want. We don't crate them. They're loose in the house. It's just the way it is. Uh, they can't get into the garbage because we taught them they can't do that. They don't chew on shoes, socks, anything because we taught them you can't do that. It's us showing the dog what it is they can and can't do. What does a dog want more than anything in the world? our love and our attention. So if we turn off the emotions, turn off the words, and what, what I teach people to do is put them in timeout for specific lengths, 20 minutes for the first week and then you back them down. That's, it could be in their crate. Uh, the People bought into this stuff that you shouldn't use your crate for a timeout. Um, that's not true. You define it by taking out all resources and then when they are in trouble, you walk them in there, you simply say the words too bad and you cover the crate with a blanket. 20 minutes at first, after the first week, you can start backing that down, and they'll learn then what it is they can and can't do. Uh, They can't reason through it, so it takes repetition and consistency from everyone in the family. And if you do that, then the dog learns exactly what it is they they can do and can't do. I want to be out with the family. I don't want to get put away, so I better stop barking. I can't get in the garbage or I get put away uh can't come near the dinner table when they're eating dinner. I get put away in a timeout. And they want to be out with us. It, it's no magic wand. There's no overnight fix. It takes repetition and consistency from everyone that lives with the dog, whether it's one person, a couple, or a family.
0: Speaking with Tom Gunlicks, I, I guess, you know, uh, you can't do that to cats. <laughs>
1: um, I tell everyone, I, I grew up with cats. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with dogs. I met my wife, and that's what got me into the dog world. But I grew up with cats, and one thing that I learned quickly when I became a dog behaviorist, cats think they rule the world, and nothing you do changes their opinion mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. If we have a, a dog living with a cat, we let the dog rank above the cat in its mind, in the dog's mind, because the cat doesn't care. It thinks it ranks above the dog, and nothing you do will change your opinion on that. So, unfortunately, I don't do cat behavior because it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work with cats.
0: Yeah, I, I saw a sign. um, the other day, uh, on, you know, one of these signs day they have on the street says, dogs will answer, cats have voicemail. Exactly. <laughs>
1: I'll uh, get back to you when I'm ready.
0: <laughs> Tom, Tom like. Uh, you're in Canton, right?
1: Uh, between Harrisburg and Canton. We're on the, the Klondike Road, it's called, mm-hmm. with our boarding, and then we're right next to Costco with our grooming and daycare.
0: Now, you've been doing dogs for many, many years. Uh, have you ever come across one that just you can't do anything with
1: Oh, John, I wish I could say no, but uh, there's been multiple times. Mm -hmm. I just did my 5,500th dog here a couple months ago, and um, I haven't helped and saved every dog. First of all, the owners have to get on board and implement it properly. And sometimes the only time this fails, high success ratio, but it doesn't work all the time, the only time it fails is if one or more of the people involved with the dogs won't follow the program properly, or if you have a rescue dog that's been so abused by somebody and they're a little bit older maybe even multiple times, I'm not going to let that happen again. And uh, we go into management mode then, or I've even had to have, Tell people that this this isn't going to work out. You've got to decide what you want to do. Most of them do try the management mode first. It's not their fault. They inherited the issue. But not every dog comes around. It's got to be every, like I said. Ninety percent don't want to be doing it, but a hundred percent will try if everyone isn't on board. But if you get on board with it, uh, almost any dog, even the ten eight to ten percent that are true alpha dogs, will go. Well, I can't be the alpha here anymore. When you have a litter of puppies, five, six, seven. I want you to think about this. I want people to think about this when they go to get a dog. If they go to get a dog, usually they get them too early. Usually breeders want to get rid of them in about eight weeks because they're pooping and peeing everywhere and they're eating, so they got to pay for food. So let's let's get rid of them here, and that's too young. Dogs learn ninety percent of their social skills between five and fourteen weeks, and breeders don't do anything. So then we get them into our home, home, and what do we rule with? Our hearts oh, a cute little puppy, and they're holding them and carrying them everywhere, and they don't teach them socialization, and they don't teach them the rules early. So then the puppy thinks this is normal behavior. And it's kind of funny because I've done so much of this and see it so often. I can usually tell you when a when a dog comes from a big litter because of the way they, they act. And I can tell you who that the, a puppy was a, a, the alpha of the litter by the way he acts. And then I can tell you who the runt was. A lot of people like to take that cute little runt – and then the rut gets with them and goes, wow, I don't have to be the rut here, and they have more issues. And the ones in between are usually a little better, although if you, uh, a mother has its litter and it's very proud of it and shows the breeder, oh, look at my puppies. Then all of a sudden, one day, a human shows up and one of the dogs are gone. And that kind of red flags the mom, what happened to that dog? Cause it's too early, it's too early. And then a couple of days later, another one's gone. And the mom even gets more on alert. What does that do to the other puppies that are still there? puts them on alert boy when human beings come, mom gets a little upset so then often the last couple to go out of the out of the litter are a little tougher to deal with when they get to a home because they've watched this happen with their mom reacting, and so they go into a home, and I don't know about you and you you have twenty one days it's called a twenty one day adaptation to show the puppy that this is a good thing instead of a bad thing. We use the 21-day adaptation for if a baby's born. If you move, that's very traumatic for a dog to bring a baby in because now all of a sudden, who's getting the attention? The baby. And you've got to make the dog think it's a good thing and okay. And we have that young child rank above the dog its whole life. They grow up together and the do- uh, child has to rank above the dog. If you move, that's really traumatic to a dog. What are you doing here? So we do this 21-day adaptation to make the dog think all these things are good instead of what in the heck happened here. And it really works well. It really helps dogs. Um, you bring a new roommate in. If you're in a, a lone situation, you have a new roommate come in, or the dynamic changes, or a kid goes off to college. Dogs can't understand what's going on. They can't reason through it. So you have to help the process and make them think it's okay.
0: Yeah, cats would just you know, move things Whatever, off the shelf. I got yeah.
1: I got more for me now, yeah.
0: But the uh Tom Grinlicks we're talking to, uh dog's lifespan. I I I a lot of people don't, you know, really explain that I, I think big dogs is what, eight, ten years and a, a beagle sized dog, medium dog is, is maybe fifteen or so.
1: Well there's so many factors, John, that go into that. I mean, I just, uh, the German Shepherd I lost, a big dog, the last one I lost was 14 years old. There's so many things that go into it. It's how, when, and what you feed. Are they an outdoor dog subjected to, to all the stuff flying through the air constantly, all the time? Or are they an indoor dog where they're protected from that, but they might have issues with the heat and air conditioning system. So there are so many things that go through it. Diet is a huge part of helping the dog. Um, I always tell when I'm in my program, you, you want grain-free, even though there was a publication that came out that said don't do grain, it causes issues, and even some of the vets bought into that, but that's not true. Uh, I've done this for, for 18 years and thousands of dogs and never had an issue with dogs that are on grain-free food. You don't want corn, wheat, or soybean in any form. They have no nutritional value for a dog and many dogs are allergic to it or have issues with it. They'll shed year-round, they'll get hot spots, ear infections, and in extreme cases, I'm not gonna mention any brand names on here, but if you have foods with dye in it, they can develop cancer and shorten their lifespan. So if you feed a bigger, older dog good food and do it properly, they can live to be 13, 14, 15 years. And you can have smaller dogs live to be 17, 18, 19 years. They don't have as many issues because they're not outside as much as bigger dogs or medium-sized dogs. Uh, I always ask every time I I do a training, I ask the owner, do you ever feed table scraps? And about 85 to 90% of the time, the people raise their hand and go, nope, that's one thing we're doing right. You should be feeding table scraps. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you why. What did dogs eat for thousands of years before Purina invented dry kibble dog food in the early 50s? Whatever the owner gave them table scraps, or whatever they could forage for. We don't want them eating grass in the 21st century, and it's a textual thing, but it is loaded with chemicals. Even if you don't use them on your lawn, look how windy it's been in the great state of South Dakota here, and it's going to land on your grass no matter what. So we don't want them eating that. That can cause uh, lymphoma and cancer. We don't want that. Seems, we don't want them eating. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, Tom, it seems like there's a lot of cancer in dogs. Is that something oh, that's... Yeah. It's, it's, well, kind, it's kind of like our, all, of, all of our population is, is overweight, you know, uh, Yeah, deprocessed food.
1: A lot of can- cancer in people, too, and a lot of it mm-hmm. is food-related. So it's, uh, it's teaching what is good. Grain is not good for a, a lot of dogs. About 40% have issues with it. And it's a filler. All it is is so they can make more money and make their food cheaper. So you buy it, and then they make better profit off of it. So, yeah, the expensive food is tougher, but you want grain-free. And um, then the best food in the world, the grain free best food, only gives a dog 80 to 85% of what they need. So, how do we get to 100? By feeding table scraps, not just meat, fruits, vegetables, yogurt, different stuff like that. If your dog has an upset stomach, then, then give him something else that, that doesn't give him that upset stomach. But you can feed all that stuff, and the the dogs think you know what you're doing more. Man, they're giving me all I need. They don't feel that need to to go out and eat grass. We don't want our dog eating poop. It's called coprophagia. It's a very instinctual thing to do. A wolf out in the wild eats that as part of their diet. I don't want my nobesic dog doing it. It doesn't cause any internal issues. It's just disgusting. <laughs> and we, do, we don't want them eating poop, and that's when you time a dog out for doing that too. Oh, I can't eat poop or I get put away. So it's just showing the dog what it is they can and can't do. Showing them you're the leader by giving them 100% of what they need uh, with food, not just meat, fruits, vegetables. I teach all that. And uh, it's an important part of the process. And really the number one way that you show the dog you're the definitive leader. The second thing with food is always feed after you've eaten or pretend to eat the food you put down or eat some of the table scraps you're adding in. Who eats first in a pack of wolves? The alpha leaders. So human nature, is you get up in the morning, get your dog out to poop or pee because they made it through the night, bring them back in, we make their food and set it down. And then if you're our like you and me, our age, we don't eat as much as we did 40 years ago. Uh, if you don't eat, pretend to eat or eat some of the table scraps just to make the dog think you're the definitive leader. And it really helps the process. I can't stress to you enough, How that helps the process it just uh i had a family from sioux center oh it'll be 12 years ago coming up here on on may 1st and uh they had three boys 14 12 and 9 and they had a 10 and a half month old terrier mix oh the first 10 months the dog had jumped on the boys it had nipped at him a little bit barking at everything at the fence line or the window or the door was insane but he'll outgrow that right wrong he was 10 and a half months old and now a teenager in dog years not only did he not outgrow it, he bit the middle child to blood one day, and um, they had to take him to the doctor, and the doctor had to call animal control because of the, the blood that was drawn, and they called and said, hey, and they go, well, we're looking into it, and then uh, the next day, he bit at the youngest kid, so they found out about me and called me, and they came for the first, which was an evaluation because that dog had quite a few issues, and they came back to get the actual program, and I briefly, briefly mentioned back then, pretend to eat or eat the table scraps. I didn't make it as big a deal as I do now. And they went home and started implementing and they called to set up the last session, which is loose leash walking and uh, recall. I'll talk about that here in a few minutes, but um, the dad called me this time. He goes, Tom, we're ecstatically happy. We've implemented everything the last couple of weeks. So we've made great progress, not biting the boys anymore, uh, not jumping on them, still barking, but it's better. We know we're coming back, but we have a question. And I said, fire away, Jeff, what's your question? Well, we're on the run a lot. One day I'm going, I mean, all families can identify with this in this day and age. Uh, one day I'm going one way with the oldest boy. My wife's going another way with the middle child. And shoot, grandma and grandpa are taking the youngest somewhere. So we all eat out a lot. And you said, when we get home, to show the dogs that we eat first, we have to eat the dog food. <laughs> my wife looked at me and said, that's not what you meant." And uh, the boys and I hate the taste of the dog food. And I went, Jeff, what are you doing? We well, said we had to eat the food. And I said, I said, pretend to eat it or eat some of the table scraps. And he giggled a little bit and said, Well, two things. My wife was right again, and I'm never going to hear the end of it. But the boys are going to be happy because they really hate it when I added canned food in. You don't eat the food, you pretend to eat or eat the table scraps. And then the third thing with food is how we feed it. Um everyone, everyone that lives with a dog. Should be adding these table scraps in and feeding them, and the dog's going to look at them and pretend to eat it and stuff before they put it down. And then the dog looks at everyone as ranking above them in the order. They're pack creatures, and where do I fit in? Well, this is where I fit in. And even the alpha dogs will change their mode of thinking if you show them the
0: proper way. Speaking to, to <clears throat> speaking to Tom Gunlicks, uh, your profession has been dogs for a long time. Like you say, the five thousandth dog. Uh, five thousand
1: five hundred. Yep.
0: Five hundred. This week, Uh, you mentioned the the food. Is it true that uh, some canned food from China had uh, pieces of plastic in it or, um, you know, the treats, I guess, are the treats you buy at the store really not very good for them?
1: Well, I mean, there, there are horror stories right left and every which way about dog food and where it comes from. Just find something that you're very comfortable with. And um do your own research. We don't even sell dog food anymore because we just don't want any issues and it wasn't that profitable an item. But there's a lot of good stores in town. Just make sure it's anything. Treats or dog uh, kibble dog food is grain-free. Same with canned food. Don't have grain in it. And then usually if they go to that much work, it's a little more spendy. But it's like one guy came to me, and he'd been feeding bad food, and he goes, he called me when he got home. He said, well, I looked some of this food up. It's quite a bit more expensive. And I go, well, you know, add the table scraps, back the kibble down. He called me about two months later. He goes, you know what I figured out? By backing the kibble down and adding food that I we have anyhow, it's about the same price. And I haven't had to go to the vet since I switched my food, and I was at the vet about once every four to five months before. And I haven't had to pay the vet anymore. So thank you. So it's just us making the changes and doing the research. I can't help with that. That's gotta be the individual. I can't direct exactly what food you can and can't feed, but just avoid the grains and add the table scraps in, and that should get you where you wanna be. Uh, Not a ton of table scraps either, because the kibble, the best food is given 80 to 85%, and even some of the other stuff, if you stick with that, is 70 to 75%. One thing I will say about food is I rotate the food. If you were going out to eat tonight, what would you order? Most men say steak. If you ate steak every meal, every day, every week, every month, you'd get sick of eating steak. So if you feed the same kibble every day, every week, every month, how boring is that? I'm going to go look. I'm going to get on the counter and look for food. I'm going to search the garbage for more food. I'm going to eat grass. I'm going to eat sticks outside, and we don't want them doing that. So by us showing them what they can and can't eat and giving it to them, all that goes away, and they're getting 100% of what they need. But you don't need a ton of table scraps because the food's giving them 70 to 80, 85% of what they need.
0: Well, dogs have been eating bones for, like you say, 2,000 years. I mean, uh, but bones you have to be particular with, I guess, uh, chicken bones or that kind of thing, uh, well, um, barbecue ribs.
1: You've got to be very careful. Um, I tell people to kind of maybe avoid that because... A a dog out in the wild becomes conditioned. Their stomach becomes conditioned to eat that stuff. For a domestic dog, yeah, boy, that's a little tougher to do. So now that being said, guess what I do give my dogs? Bones, because I've conditioned their stomach to eat about anything. And I couldn't begin to tell you the last time one of my dogs had diarrhea, because they can pretty much eat anything I give them, and like I said, I rotate the food. If you feed one food, what does their stomach become conditioned to eat? Only that brand of food. And Again, I'm not going to name names, but if you feed them one brand of food, beef of this variety every meal, every day, every week, and you switch it, especially if you cold turkey it, then they, they can have diarrhea or throw it up because they're not conditioned to eat it. And then you take it's bad food and you go back to the other stuff. So what I do is rotate, and when their food gets down to a certain level, I'll add, if I have beef of this brand in, grain-free, then I'll add chicken of this brand, grain-free. And then when it gets down to a certain level, I'll add a bag of of salmon, grain-free, in and mix it all up. So they're getting quite a mixture. They're variety. I, I don't have any dogs that have ever had an eating issue because they love the food they're giving them. Plus, I add these table scraps in every single meal, not Mm-hmm. Not massive amounts, but they get them every single meal, and they're happy. They don't eat grass. They they don't they don't uh, eat poop. They don't go after stuff they shouldn't go after, because they're getting 100% of what they need.
0: Tom like we're speaking to uh, Tom. Real, our time's running. You know. Uh, too fast here. I got a couple more questions. Sure. Uh, the, uh, apartments now, more people can have pets in apartments now. Uh, it used to be, you know, very few of them did, but a lot of them do now. What is the best breed you think or size for a dog to be in a one bedroom apartment?
1: Uh, not a big dog at all. That's no. just unfair to them because they're, especially if they're a herding dog or a hunting dog, you're restricting what their instinct tells them to do. So yeah, smaller dogs, um, maybe medium sized dog, depending on your dynamic. Some of them now have areas to take your dogs. Um, even, even some of the apartments down in Sioux Falls have got areas up on top that they can take get their dog outside. But you have to control walking. That's a, I mean, that's a whole nother session. Walking and recall is a whole nother session. Maybe you and I will do that down the road in another show. But, um, it's very, very important that we control the walk. Very, very important that our dog listens to us and comes to us, especially when you're at an apartment where we have so much stimulus, apartment or a condominium, where there's so many different dogs. You can't have them barking or biting other dogs. You can't have them reacting. You have to control it and make them think it's okay. And that's part of that ad- adaptation, too, because usually people in an apartment aren't there for the rest of their life. It's a short-term deal. So when they move, you got to make the dog think it's a good thing.
0: Tom Gunlicks, uh, we're speaking with uh, a dog. <laughs> you've been with, with, like you say, 5,500 dogs you've treated uh, over the years. But, uh, the one thing is a lot of people get a dog. Nobody ever tells them what it's going to be like when that dog passes. Some for some people, it's the worst day the, in their whole life.
1: You're speaking to one who feels that way. I've lost many, many dogs over the years. And, uh, when I lost that shepherd, I was talking about three years ago, she'd, she'd uh, been a Finnish champion in the dog show world, a German shepherd and um oh i stuck with her for a long time but the mistake people make john is they hang on too long it's unfair to the dog if your dog does have physical uh issues you can't be selfish you've got to let the vet tell you that it's their time and then you've got to do the right thing and be with them be with them when they go don't leave them and yeah it's heartbreaking but you should be with them they've lived their whole life with you you should be with your dog at the end and it's hard. I I had the la when I lost her. I had to cancel my trainings the next day because I was still heartbroken, and it's just really tough. I, I sometimes think it's harder for people to lose their pets than it is human beings because humans know that they're not going to be around, and so we can deal with it and and get things set up properly. But you have a funeral for your dog, you may, but there aren't a ton of people there, so it's just very difficult. Yes, well, even even your
0: even you t- tone of voice, Tom, when I when I talk to other people and and. Uh... Uh, you know, we bring that subject up. You can just hear that come back to him. Oh yeah. Even in your voice, you were still missing that dog.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I many dogs that we've had, some cocker spaniels and shepherds, and we even had an Afghan hound. That I wasn't a dog behaviorist when we lost her, and I felt bad that I hadn't taught her properly. And it just broke my heart when I lost her, too.
0: You know, Sioux Falls, one thing, we have pretty much everything, but I I, I really think they need to have a pet bereavement support group. That, That's you know, a bad like
1: idea. That. I don't have time to do it, but if someone did mm-hmm. it, I'd support them and help them. All right. they, they well, want to, have them get in touch, and I can tell them how to direct that. So,
0: Tom, uh, what's the name of your business again?
1: Precious Pets Country Resort and then Precious Pets Grooming and Daycare in Sioux Falls.
0: And if you were to give directions to your uh, between Canton and Harrisburg, what would the directions be? Uh,
1: highway eleven to two seventy six and four and a half miles east. It's called the Klondike Road. And if you cross the river, you've gotten into Iowa, and that's a mile and a half too far. We're on the left or north side of the road.
0: Well, Tom, one last word. What do you want to say to everybody out there? And and uh, in one sentence,
1: two thousand uh, dogs a day are being put down in this country. Not for old age. Not for health issues. For behavioral issues. Give me a call.
0: All right, Tom Gunnlicks, Uh We will get you back again, and, and thank you very much. I really appreciate your your advice. For I think a lot of people probably uh, uh, have uh, you know this this will save people a lot of problems. So thank you, Tom. Thanks for being. Informed. Thank
1: you, John. Thanks for calling.